Reality, let's get rowdy. Welcome to Meltdown Mondays with Mayana. I'm your host, Mayana, telling you about meltdowns happening on a Monday. Actually, they don't actually happen on a Monday. It's probably recorded throughout the week, but it gets released on a Monday. So we're going to stay with the branded theme of things. It's too hard to change all the fucking details of this. I've already committed to it. Just like everything else, you gotta live with your commitments, no matter how shitty they are. So here we are, about to talk. We don't know how this is gonna go, but good luck to us all. Um, a little bit about me. Yeah, you don't really need to know that much about me in this intro, because you're gonna find out over the course of this entire podcast series that I am indeed an absolute fucking mess. So you'll find out everything you need to know and draw your own conclusions from there. So I should explain what this podcast is about. I've got these notes written down. I'm trying not to make eye contact with the $150 microphone that I spent. I only have $700 left in my bank account and why did I buy this? We just, you know what, we gotta feed my own ego when this comes to these things. So, (laughs) Meltdown Mondays is a podcast about the emotional and physical triggers I have faced over the course of my life that have forced meltdowns and I analyze the cause and effect relationships and with this I hopefully bring awareness and encourage empathy to the people around us. So I am not a medical professional, I've done a basic first aid course maybe about three years ago, Um, I'm pretty sure my certification has already expired so I am no position in order to give advice or you know, help you diagnose what's wrong with you. I am just someone who bought a microphone and suddenly thinks they're a god. So if you are someone that is struggling, um, even if it does feel scary, please, please, please reach out to some services that are provided um, to help your life a little bit easier if you're based in Australia. I have included a few professional sources so you can get their information from them. So, um, uh, so there's two that I have used before. There's Lifeline. Their number is 13 11 14. And you can find them at their website, lifeline.org.au. And then there's Beyond Blue. I have used Beyond Blue many times to self-diagnose and uh, self-diagnose. Don't self-diagnose. Don't be like me. Be better than me. But they also do have a lot of very good articles and very specific uh diagnosing tools and also to help you find the right help that's available around Australia. Their number is 1300 224736 and their website is beyondblue.org.au. Um, I'm, this is not sponsored by the way. I'm pretty sure they do not know I exist. Uh, maybe Beyond Blue does because they probably have me on their record somewhere. But uh, getting onto it. Uh, it should also include a trigger warning, content warning. Yeah, we're going to be talking about mental health on here. Um, if you are someone who is sensitive to these matters, be prepared because we're going to get into some deep shit. And we also uh, do some swearing, as you probably have already figured out from the last few minutes or so. But yeah, there's going to be swearing in this. So if you are someone who is a little bit more, uh-uh, do not use the devil's lettuce tuck language with me. Yeah, this is probably not for you. And if you have kids and you're like, ugh, this is probably not content they should be listening to. Yeah, don't fucking listen. I already warned you guys. Now, that was loud. Um, With that. I got three words for you. Brittany. 
Jane, Spears, Adjectives, Icon, Princess of Pop, Fucking Queen. Look, you say Britney, those three things are the first thing that popped through my head. She revolutionized the late 90s and the early 2000s with her iconic classic hits, Baby One More Time, and Oops, I Did It Again. The moment the musical transition of hits the eardrum, oh my god, my my god, feet scamper to the one location in the bar where the dance of drunken sober millennials gather. There's Proseccos and vodka sodas in hand. It's dripping wildly through full body shakes as the soul of Spears floods through their very being. Her sexy schoolgirl persona shook thousands to the core and inspired a whole new generation of slutty schoolgirl costumes for Halloween that instigated its way into mainstream culture. Conservatives called it controversial. Men found it irresistible. Girls looked up to this proud, blonde, stunning woman and thought, my god, her songs fucking slap. And they do, 100%. In 2007, though, Britney had a moment that would shake the very fabric of the Western world. She left a rehab clinic in Antigua. She had gone to the home of her ex-hubby, Kevin Federline, and asked to see their children. Their names are Sean and Jaden. When ex-hubby refused, Brittany drove herself to a nearby hair salon and asked the hairdresser to shave her head. Interestingly enough, there was a documentary that came out about this. I did not know there was a documentary, and I was an idiot and didn't uh, get the source of the documentary. I'm so sorry. You can Google it yourself. That's why Google is there for a reason. But managed to grab the hairdresser's name. So Esther Togner's. Your girl, Esther, stated that she tried to persuade Britney not to. But as soon as her back was turned, Britney had grabbed the clippers and she just went to town on her head. The world witnessed Britney's rock bottom. She was sheared, head naked and alone. And they shamed her for it. Tabloids came out with statements saying, Oh, she's crazy. She's a skinhead. Britney's lost touch with reality. It's now become ingrained in our modern day culture to say, oh, she's having a meltdown. It must be a 2007 Britney moment. Man, with that, the shaved head really became a symbol for most as someone who's lost the plot. I saw Britney as a depressed year six student and I remember her bald head gleamed on the Dolly magazine page and it was enhanced by the glossy pages and the combination was quite blinding actually. So like Britney, on December 11th, 2019, I too shaved my head. Welcome to the very first episode of Meltdown Mondays. It's called Britney Shears. Get it, it's like Spears, but since I shaved my head, it's like Shears. So Britney Shears. Before anything else, I should probably clarify what a meltdown is. And you're like, oh, why didn't you just do this in your intro? Well... This is the first time I'm doing a podcast, all right? Don't fucking at me right now, listener. All right. What is a meltdown? Are you ready? I sure am. According to dictionary.com, it is a disastrous collapse or breakdown, but also an uncontrolled emotional outburst or mental collapse. It can also be an accident in a nuclear reactor in which the fuel overheats and melts the reactor core or shielding, just like Chernobyl. But like Chernobyl and unlike Chernobyl, emotional meltdowns do not produce any radiation. It can be poisoning, but not to the extent that Chernobyl was. 
This is how I imagine people who have a healthy mindset express their emotions. So, they have the feeling, they acknowledge the feeling, they express it, they accept it, and then they move on. They go get brunch. In my head, emotionally adjusted people, they get brunch, they're happy, that's, that's it. But what happens when you have an emotion that occurs at an inconvenient time. Say, let's just say you have a deadline at work and that you want to cry because you're stressed, but there's literally no time for you to do it. So, people who are emotionally adjusted, they have the, they have the feeling. They put the feeling in a jar, which we'll call the emotional jar that is located inside your bodies, except it's really your body. You're just pushing the feelings aside. But when they get home to a safe space, they open the jar, they release whatever's inside. They accept it and they move on and they get brunch. So what happens if you're like me? Where you don't know how to release the jar. Something inconvenient happens, you put it in the jar. Another thing pops up, you put it in the jar. And the jar keeps falling up. And it takes days and weeks and months. I'm very lucky to the point it hasn't gotten to years yet. I got very close once, but my god. When you reach the year mark, you really start losing your shit. And that's the thing. Jars can only hold certain volumes, right? You know, over enough pressure, they can crack. And if it's filled too much to the top, it will overfill. And that's what a meltdown is. And it, and it can be triggered as something major. As a very rough and wide example, a family member dying, extreme, but it's a major event. Or it could be triggered by something as small as, let's say, not cooking your two-minute noodles correctly. So one side is hard, the other side is soggy. And you start crying about it. And that was a very valuable life lesson for me. Don't ever cook ramen in the microwave. Always use a stove. I certainly need to learn how to express them in a healthy way. But also this is making for great content, so mm, two sides of a coin here. In terms of family and friends, I was told that I had a nicely shaped head. Now I don't know about you, but I've never had to worry about whether my head was a nice shape or not. And it made me think, is that a potential insecurity that could develop as a result? It's the weirdest thing, but could it be an insecurity? And the answer is, yeah. Like, I didn't even think about whether my head was a nice shape or not. But as like my mum likes to put it, since I was a C-section baby, I never got the chance to be squeezed out of her vagina, so the fact that I was removed and never born, it really has benefited me in the long run, so thank you mum. Experience has been incredible in terms of me having short hair. I've always had short hair, but I've never had short hair to that extreme. I never felt the breeze on my scalp before, not to that extent, and it's a sensation I can't really describe, but it feels like someone gently is blowing on your head but it's nature that's blowing on your head so it's not even that bad and since it's summer my head is about 
five degrees cooler than everybody else's. It also dries really quickly. I don't have to spend so much on shampoo because there's only nine millimeters worth of it. And, you know, I'm a single gal. I don't have anyone rubbing my head for me. But I can rub my own head, which I did for the first 12 hours after I shaved my head. And the palms are exfoliated because of all the rubbing and my hair got really oily afterwards because it turns out I'm a dirty bastard. But my god, it was sensational. I mean, without makeup, I kind of look like Schmoll from The Boy in the Striped Pajamas. But with makeup, oh, I am a queen. And yes, I think people should be like, yeah, you should love yourself with makeup or without makeup. But sometimes, you know... I just like to do a little bit of sprucing up, but that's just me. I don't like leaving the house without a pair of brows. So if you see me without brows on, you truly know that I am in the deep shit. Now, the strangest reactions I've gotten have been wild, to say the least. And what I'm going to say next is controversial, okay? I don't like saying it either. People might be mad or think I'm insensitive. And you know what? Yeah, I completely 100% agree. But this is based off interactions that I've had with strangers. And I'm going to talk about this particular instance that I had at Kmart the other day. So, to summarise very quickly, strangers have been a lot nicer to me since I shaved my head. And I have a suspicion it's because they think I have cancer. And this incident that I had at Kmart the other day solidifies that. So a couple of days after I got my head shaved, I went to my local Kmart and I had about $100 worth of stuff in my trolley. My cousin was coming over to stay with us for Christmas. I got too excited. I'd never had a guest over before and I never had a guest room with a guest bed before. So I basically lost the plot and just bought as many things as I could. The cashier line with an actual human being behind it was completely full and the self-checkout was empty and it was towards like the end of the day so maybe about an hour before closing so it was quite quiet at this came up so the normal thing for people to do right is if you have a trolley full of stuff you go to the person who has the machine like a real human being and they help you out and you're good and you're gone if you go to the self-checkout with a trolley you are the dickhead to society. That's not just me saying it. That's just like, I feel like that's a general rule of thumb, right? You're just being stubborn or you're too anxious to actually talk to a human being. But in the process, you're just fumbling and stumbling because you're impatient. But you doing it yourself is actually taking longer. So it's very counterproductive there. So on that day, because I was impatient, I just wanted to go home. I was society's dickhead. And I hypocritically went and checked myself out. Now, I have a herniated spinal disc from an injury that happened a few months ago. At that time, it was still very, very tender. So I was moving very slowly, dropping a lot of things, and kept scanning things incorrectly a few times. So maybe I was at the checkout for, God, like 10 minutes just trying to get my shit together. And I go to this Kmart often, right? So I know what the like the staff members look like and the particular staff member that helps uh, log everyone in i've seen her give the look of contempt to the trolley people 
in self-checkout. And I feel that on an emotional level because I too worked in retail. So I know what that's like when someone is being stubborn and there's nothing you can really do about it or nothing you can say to help move the process along. But on this instance, came a lady, made eye contact with me. And I was like, oh no, I am not in the mood for this. I cannot handle her judgment right now. Why do I care about what people are saying? I just want to go home. And why do I keep scanning this fucking towel twice? But she was lovely. She came up to me with the biggest smile on her face. She goes, you're right, love. And I'm like, oh no, but thank you for asking. I am in struggle city. She's like, not to worry. I'm going to help you out. So she's like helping me scan my items she is, mind you, like, there's no one else in queue, right? She's just helping me for the sake of it. And I'm feeling like an absolute superstar. I don't deserve this. I'm just, oh, like, I'm so blessed right now by this beautiful woman who's helping me out of the kindness of her heart. She even gets another employee to bring me a replacement laundry basket because the one that I have didn't come with a lid. And it was the same price and the same model. And I was like, what is this beyond and above customer service Kmart? You never failed me. And I will never, ever stop buying from you because of this exceptional customer service. And I was so happy at that moment. Until as I was leaving, Kmart lady turns to me with a smile and she goes, You have a good one, love. By the way, I just want to say, you're so brave. And then I was like, oh, shit. She thinks I got cancer. Oh, no. Now, is it bad that I didn't correct her? Yeah, it is, isn't it? It's bad. It's bad. Ugh. I just felt so awkward and taken aback by that comment. And all I could say was thank you and then just run back to my car. Well, not really run, but like hobble. But it actually brought, I thought, I thought about this for weeks, right? I thought about like, oh, like, you know, like, oh man, I'm such a shitty person. Like I didn't. Why didn't I correct her? Like now I think people think I'm fucking make profiting off a terrible disease and this is just awful. Like, oh, I'm fucking scum, lower than the earth. But then I sat back and I really thought about it. And I discussed it with a few friends. And it brought this interesting, a few interesting questions, right? First of all, making assumptions about people. Don't do it. Okay, don't make assumptions about people without knowing them, especially strangers, right? You don't know what they're going through. This woman made an assumption about me. She probably saw the way that I was, you know, my head was shaved and I was, you know, dropping things a lot. And she saw, oh, there's someone who's sick, right? And she, you know, good-natured people, they want to go and help them. But the comment, though, that's the comment that really struck me, right? Well, what made, what gave her that conclusion? in the end to, was that enough information for her to make a proper claim of her own knowledge of knowing what I was going through? And if I did correct her, if I had said, oh, you know what? No, I actually uh, don't have cancer. I actually shaved my head because I had a meltdown. 
would she have treated me with the same respect as someone who was going through cancer? Look, depression, for example, and cancer, look, I'm trying to make, it's, it's bad enough I'm trying to make comparisons with it, but they both have extremes, right? People can die from them, right? And also, it can be sometimes stuff that you have to manage for the rest of your life. But it came with a question of her own morals, and also the morals of our society. Would she have treated me differently if she had put that other piece of information in? And the answer should have been no. But I think with the way that mental health is still being treated around the world, the answer would have been yes. Look, I don't think Kmart Lady was wrong, okay? She had good intentions, she just wanted to help me out. I think the problem is, though, is that she took what little information she had just by assessing me and then made an assumption. I was sick, sure. I mean, I was in pain, I was hobbling, I was, you know, re being really, really slow with checking out a fucking laundry basket. But imagine if she'd just taken a little bit more time to try and understand. Imagine if we all took a little bit more time to sit and assess ourselves and really check in and figure out, hey, are we okay? And imagine if other people did that for us. I mean, what a beautiful world that would be. Congratulations, everyone. We fucking made it. We reached the end. Thank you for listening to Britney Shears on Met Doll Mondays with Mayana, the very first episode, Done and Dusted. I do apologize for the audio. I like to record randomly at different points of the day, and sometimes the microphone is really close to my mouth and sometimes it's far away. It's something I'll figure out the kinks for later, but I think it really sticks with a nice little amateur feel, you know? But yes, thank you so much for listening. If you would like to follow me, I have made an Instagram account dedicated to this. So it's called at Meltdown Mondays. You can also follow me on my art Instagram account. If you are interested in animal portraits, you can find me at myannabarns.art on Instagram. As well as I started a Twitter page. I don't really use Twitter, but I thought this would be a really good platform to try and like, you know, if you wanted to have any questions or wanted to talk, that kind of stuff, you can follow me at Meltdown Mondays on Twitter. I'm going to include this again in here because I think it's really important. But Lifeline Australia, 131114, lifeline.org.au and Beyond Blue, 1322 4736 beyondblue.org.au If you're struggling and you know you really do want to express yourself in a very emotionally healthy way and you want to start and you want to learn how to do that these people can definitely give you a hand there. But yes put on a face mask this week stay hydrated I'll catch y'all next week what are we going to call, like even talk about? I don't know maybe something deep like the time I had a meltdown over bread, or even about my sexuality. Who knows? Stay tuned and you'll find out for yourselves. Take care, guys. <laughs>